HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's February 4th, 2014. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. We're out here at Roberta's in Bushwick, heritageradionetwork.org. You, you should join it. Uh, you can be a member. There's a lot of benefits, and uh, we love being here going into our uh, 200th episode soon in uh, four years. Uh, we've got a great show tonight. We've got Rich Buchetta from Single Cut Beersmith in Queens. Good evening, Jimmy. Uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. And Greg Dorosky from Greenport Harbor. <laughs> hey, I just said before we got in there, I said, you know, I, I have to, I can't remember your names, even though we're, we're I know Rich and Greg, but, you know, we're, we're part of this great New York City uh, beer community. Uh, Rich, you know, you're one of the first new breweries in, in New York City in a long time, aren't you? True. Uh, well, in Queens, especially. Uh, you know, there are a lot of. Um, a lot of places popping up now, uh, you know, a lot of nano breweries, um, but we were the first microbrewery uh, to open in Queens since the days of Prohibition. Uh, so it's been a while. Yeah, it's been quite a drought there. So how's it going? I mean, you, you, you had a first difficulty when you were about to open. There was Hurricane Sandy, right? Right, right. So that delayed your opening. Delayed. Uh, we were fortunate. I mean, you know, really unfortunate for guys like Barrier. Uh who fortunately pulled themselves out of it. But for us, it was just uh, the government sort of shutting down and delaying our permits, which we were really uh, anxious to get. At that point, we'd already been delayed by a number of permitting things. It's New York City. So for it to happen at that time, you know, the timing wasn't great, but it could have been much worse. So but you I guys did it, and, and over a year later, you're, you're, you're making more beer than you thought, right? By far. Yeah, we're already into our third-year projections after one year. And there's there's some beers that you're making, like the the Billy the Half Stack, which is like the classic IPA that are really stand out, like one, one of my top IPAs in the city right Thank now. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, uh, we're really all about the hops, so we've been pushing our IPAs. And, uh, you know, it's um, it's been a good year for us, uh, but I really think that we're starting to just hit our stride now. Uh, there's just so many things, even with whatever background you've had, that you just learn by doing it yourself in your own brewery. 
and and operational and so many aspects that took about a year for us. No, to you, really you've really impressed us, and, and we have a lot to talk about today about having your own brewery and what difference that makes. And and Greg Doroski too from Greenport Harbor Brewing. We've had you on a couple of times, and uh, you've also often talked about the, the pride you take in uh, brewing your own craft beer for a living. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been very important uh, for me as a brewer, um, you know, to, 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 to really emphasize the importance of a brewer. You know, it seems kind of, and I guess it, it, it is very self-interested to emphasize the importance of a brewer, but... You know, you would think with something like a brewery, the brewer is of some importance. <laughs> you would think. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a chef or a, maybe a pitcher on a baseball team. Yeah. You yeah, can't you really know, you, do without a good one, right? It, you, you, would, you would hope. You would hope. And, uh, you know, I think over the course of, uh, you know, we've been talking about this, Jimmy, for, what, at least two years, I think, was the first show I was on here when we kind of started just – briefly touching on contract brewing um you know my my opinion of of it has evolved over time and talking with people and you know i think we'll see through the course of this show how all three of our opinions uh differ a little bit and you know that that's something that's good and i think something that we would all agree on is that uh discussion uh, is important and so truthful. A little bit is, of the intro. So, and Augie Carton from Carton Brewing is going to be joining us later too. So, our show tonight is we're going to talk about contract brewing. So, uh, big question that keeps coming up is what is craft beer? You know, you can go to the Brewers Association site, and there's there's a lot of definitions, and they keep changing. And there's nano breweries and brew pubs. But at the end of the day, what is craft beer? And uh, later we'll, we'll break down the different types of breweries. But but uh, one reason we put the show together is that. Uh, Rich Buchetta at Single Cut uh, inadvertently created a controversy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he posted a little sign in his brewery, which was, it, to him, it means something, and it got picked up by media. And, and what did the sign say, Rich? It said, uh, contract brewing will be the death of craft beer. And we wrote it in big, uh, dark letters. Uh, it was a little eight and a half by 11 printout that we posted next to our washrooms in our tap room. And, uh, you know, it wasn't something that uh, we were getting up on rooftops and shouting, um, but it certainly was a philosophy that, uh, and, a, and a belief system that we all have at Single Cut. And it originates from the fact that this industry modeled itself after the word craft. You know, it began with uh, a bunch of lunatics and fanatics that rose up against the macro breweries of the day and decided that they'd had enough. And so if you go way back, I'm going way back, like with uh, Tom McAtelly's book Audacity Hops. You got Ken Grossman, right? Sierra Nevada, and this right. new Albion, and these guys were like buying used m- milk, you know, That's processing right. things. And That's right. Welding them together. That's right. And uh, they were yeah cobbling together whatever they could because back in those days the equipment just wasn't available on that scale uh, as it is today. So you really got to tip your hat to these guys, and and they were as hands-on as you could be about what they did. They had the passion, they had the belief, the drive in something that was really special, and that's that was the birth of this industry. And I think that it, you know, fortunately for all of us, the industry has really exploded, and it's doing gro- it's doing very well. And I don't see that trend reversing itself ever. Um, but <clears throat> for, you, for you, Rich, because it's like you know. You, you did get a lot of con- – there was Beer Pulse and, and uh, 
Chris O'Leary on, on Brew York, New York. Right. People were car- covering this. And yep. like, l- let's just talk about what kind of feedback did you get? Did, did people make death threats to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It, it wasn't quite that that uh, severe at all. It was, it was uh, you know, let me, I just, it's important for me to finish the point before, before, and I w- I'm going to answer that next, Jimmy. Uh, you know, so for me, those are my heroes. Those are the guys who really, to me, did it right. They were hands-on, uh, you know, they were, they touched and influenced every aspect of the process of making that beer. And the thing about that sort of beer is that it's not product. There's something very special about it that, you know, we all believe in. You know, we don't just buy beer as some product off the shelf. It has real meaning to us. And to me, look, you know, some people may say, oh, that's hogwash, whatever. I'm sorry, these, those are my opinions. And, and I think there are a lot of people out there who believe the same way, and that's what the best example of the craft beer industry is. So uh, to me, now with the advent of craft brewing, I think the goalposts have been moving quite a bit. And, uh, you know, you've got contract brewing, which clearly we're going to talk about tonight. Um, And, you know, a lot of things going on that I don't think are crappier forefathers would necessarily believe was what they intended the industry to be about. And... um, those are the things that uh, you know I don't believe in, and, and that's why I put up the sign. I felt that you know let's let's right the ship a little bit. Let's let's get back to that cr- to giving craft meaning. So there you go. I'm going to pull it up. Pull it up on my uh, Twitter. I got the sign. It was at single cut. It says contract brewing will be the death of craft beer. Right. Right. So okay. So I didn't get any death threats at all. Uh, there was a little <laughs> bit of controversy on this one Facebook page, and a number of prominent contract brewers sort of got enraged over it, which was surprising to me because we did not single anybody out you know we just made a blanket statement about what our belief system is and that's all it was and it was a quiet little sign (laughs) that we had next to our washrooms and suddenly it blew up and it surprised all of us the way it did but the way it worked out is because of that notoriety all these people came out of the woodwork and i'm talking about uh consumers brewers distributors and retailers every aspect of the beer industry and consumer area uh, got in touch with us and said, you know, right on. Thank you for saying what you did. I so believe in what you're standing for. Um, So it it was reassuring for us that we're not the only, you know, fanatics out there, uh, that we're not alone with these thoughts. So, Rich, a little later in the show uh, with one of our producers, Justin Kennedy, we're going to – he did a breakdown of of different types of breweries, and we're going to talk about that. But for you, what does contract brewing mean? How do you define that? Or how do you define being a – what do you call yourself? How about that? Uh, You know, that's a good question. I don't really like to use the word craft. Are you a brewer? We're an artisanal brewery is is the best description I can tell you, is that we're all very hands-on. It's all in-house. Uh, we would never contract brew. If the day comes that we cannot meet uh, you know, demand because of our capacity, we simply won't meet demand. That's the way it's going to be. Um, I mean, what, what if, like, Yankee Stadium says, you know, Rich, you're making some great beer in New York City. We want cans for, you know, Yankee Stadium. Right. Now, what would your options be? Would you be able to, to bring in a mobile canning unit, make that in-house? Yeah, and we're... Or would you have to go to Wisconsin or something no, and make it? No, w- yeah, we could. We could do that, um, but we would never would. And we've had opportunities like that already that we've turned down. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're dyed in the wool in terms of our philosophy of what craft beer should be. And we're, I can tell you right now, and you can repeat this 10, 20 years from now, it'll never deviate. You know, we are going to be 100% in-house, a true New York City brand, and that's who we are. You know, just recently, uh, 
just at the bar as we were waiting for the show, uh, the dis- distributor in New York for a carton, uh, it's Jay. He's from American Beer Distributor. Great right. guy. They yeah. really know their beer and have yeah. a lot of great small brands. Um, he, we were talking about what, what contract brewing means, and he said, you know, one thing is if, if you have a brewery and you go to make beer in different parts of the country, mm-hmm. one, one of the big changes is the water. Sure. There's, there's so many factors. It's the water. It's the equipment. The equipment. Knowing how to operate the equipment and the intricacies and, you know, <laughs> every every piece of equipment has its nuances that you sort of have to work around and figure out. Uh, these all will influence the beer. And it's not just the brewing of the beer. It's the, uh, you know, it's the cellaring of the beer, the, the cellar work, uh, the maturation process, even the packaging of the beer. These all can influence the beer quite dramatically. Uh, so that's why it's important that whoever the brains behind this beer, whoever the the impassioned souls are that created this beer, they've got to monitor every step of the process if it's going to be done to its best potential. Now, uh, before we move on, what what beer are we drinking now? It's a pale ale from yeah, Single it, Cut, right? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, we call it Bond TNT Pale Ale. Um, uh, this is uh, all using all uh, Australian and a little bit of New Zealand hops. Um, so fruity, little dank, uh, kind of hop profile that we really love. Yeah, I can taste it like New Zealand e. Yeah, it's like kiwis. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's in there and pineapple. Yeah, yeah, it's got that stuff. So if I, if I'm coming to New York, we know a lot of, a lot of our listeners again support heritageradionetwork.org. Become a member, but a lot of our listeners, we have friends in, in England, Michigan, Florida, California. When they come to New York, they like to know where to go, where to get good beer. So um, where, can, do you have a tasting room at, at Single Cut? Yeah, we've got a tap room, um, and uh, it's open Thursday through Sunday. You can check out our website for all the hours and what we're offering on tap and all those things. And, yeah, we, we that's actually one of the favorite parts of our jobs is uh, – interacting with our consumers and hanging out with them in the tap room. We all love that. So, yeah, it'd be great to see everybody. You guys are in Astoria, Queens? Yeah, Astoria, Queens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Oh, cool. And we also got Greg. You know, you're the first guy we were talking about contract brewing with on, on the show. Uh, a lot of things have changed since you first came on two years ago. Our good friend Jeremy Cowan, who's been behind a lot of great brands, Coney Island and, and Schmaltz, uh, he's also the president of New York City uh, Brewers Guild. Uh, recently, he opened a, a, his first physical brewery, Upstate for Schmaltz, and he released a beer last year called uh, "The Death of Contract Brewing." That was the name of the beer. So you know, I think that I think everyone ultimately wants to own a brewery. I think that owning a brewing has a lot of prestige, and I think that people do realize that there's a quality difference with owning a brewing. Even Brooklyn Brewery, who has had uh, you know made beer and contracted, who we all love, uh, really committed to New York and and and, and built a brewery here recently. Um, you know, why were you so passionate about it? You were the first guy really to talk about this on the show a couple of years ago. Well, you know, for me, it kind of started uh, as just a, an issue that we would joke around about when we were out at a bar and we'd see a certain beer on tap. And, <clears throat> you know, people standing around ranting and raving. You know, I, for one, love to hear myself talk. And, you know, it just kind of became something that, that we all love to talk about and uh it's kind of evolved over time and uh you know i wrote a piece about a year ago talking about contract brewing from my perspective as a brewer and you know i had some really good discussions with people uh in the industry people that i really respect and uh you know from those initial times of standing in a bar to now you know for me it's kind of evolved into 
a really philosophical issue. And I think, you know, it starts with with two two non-negotiables really. First that that beer, you know, the beer has to be good, okay? If someone's beer is bad, whatever that means, you know, I guess starting at a technical sense, you know, if it's technically flawed, if it has diacetyl, if it's oxidized, you know, it, it, we don't even need to talk about it anymore. It's bad. You know, the second issue, uh, which I think we can all agree on, is truthfulness. You know, and, and that's where, you know, I think some people can get a little frustrated when you look at contract-only, quote-unquote, breweries that are out there um, who market and position themselves in the industry as a brewery. <clears throat> it is a little misleading. But you've lost some, lost some of your passion in the last two years. No, I no, think it's because, I, I've just matured. I think it's because when you, when you work so hard as a brewer, <laughs> you're actually getting tired. Because two years ago, you were like, you were, you know, I'm making my beer. That, that's the only way to make beer. And well, now, you know, now we've heard your nuance. Well, you know, you know, it's. In, I think you're just you're tired. I think you've been making beer for two. Years. <laughs> but no, it, it's still it's a lot of work. It's one thing about making beer. It's a lot. It's a lot of hard work. It, it, is, a lot it, of hard it work. is a lot of hard work, and I, I think that's a very very important point because for me, once you get past yeah. those two kind of non-negotiable it becomes a really philosophical issue that starts with a conception of a beer, whether it's a flavor profile, whether it's a name, and it ends with with beer that you have in your glass, okay? And I think something that Rich pointed out here, there are so many decisions that, that brewers make along the way to making what's in your glass, whether it's the the recipe they've put together, whether it's readjusting mash temperatures, whether it's uh, substituting in hops when you run out of hops that are on your contract, whether it's fermentation temperatures, you know, stuck mashes, you know, ferment, wh- so wh- whatever. It. So it's like there's been like making homemade food and buying Stouffer's or something like that. But <laughs> hold on one second. We're, we're going to take a short break. We, we, we take a bunch of breaks here and we promote... Uh, Little breaks, but hey, yeah. take a short break. Be back in a few <laughs> minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right, yeah. You're listening to Bang Bang Sun by Iggy Dean on Heritage Radio Network. So you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit greatbrewers.com today.
Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. Who's here at, at Heritage Radio Network? What's up? You got Greg? Tell everybody say your name. I'm Greg. Richard. <laughs> I'm Justin. And I'm Augie. Wow, it's like we went from uh, two guests to four. So uh, Augie from uh, Augie Carton from Carton Brewing just walked in. And uh, Justin Kennedy, one of our producers. So let's, let's have Greg. Greg was talking a little about his, his feelings about he's a, he's a brewer. He's very proud in the fact that he makes beer himself at a brewery. And uh, keep going a little bit, and then we have, we have a couple questions to go. Okay, through, right? you know, so it, it's a, a, a philosophical issue. And, uh, you know, as, as we were talking about, there, there's so many points in the brewing process that for me as a brewer, I, I, I see as, as supremely important to craft beer. And this is not to say the marketing aspects or the sales aspects or the branding or all that are meaningless because as we know, they are. But, you know, picking up on, on some of the things that Rich was saying, you, you know, what makes a craft product special is the people that make it and the process that they're doing. So for me, the issue really is kind of less about who owns the actual equipment or who owns the metal, who owns the kegs. It, it's, it's who's actually doing the process. So it's not so much ownership of the equipment or the brand. It's really ownership of the brewing so process. Like, but you've evolved then. I, I think so. I, you know, and... and you know, you, you were joking around about becoming a little bit more nuanced about it. I, I think it's if you you go back, at least for me, reflecting on my my original position, it really has always been about the process. I've t- just kind of learned a little bit. Why don't you tell bit. us your original position? Because that was two years ago. Well, I, I think my focal point <clears throat> was a little bit different. You know, it, it's but say what it was. Go back two years. You're a passionate young brewer. At his new small brewery, what was? Why did you say you were anti-contract? Brewery? So, so looking at it initially, I to me it seemed like once you externalize the process of brewing, it becomes problematic. Okay, but I think there are some very good examples of of gypsy brewers, let's say, who are really very much in control of the the brewing process no. and. and, and you know, we were talking on... Yeah, Greg, before, I'm going to cut you off, because before we get to that, the whole base of this contract, we're, we're, Justin's going to break it down for us in a few minutes, but the whole basis of the contract versus anti-contract brewing is all about commercial brewing. It's that at some point, people scale up, and it's good for business, but honestly, for us as consumers, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is that for many of us, we've had our best experience with homebrew, which is a growing trend. It's one of the few growing trends. And many of us, even Carton and, and Rich, were home brewers who, 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 who became pro, and you too, yeah. Greg. But it's also like there's that initial phase where you're still comfortable with the small batch. And still to this day, there's nothing like having a, a simple home brew that's affordable and fresh. So, so the real issue here is how do we make commercial beer that, that is worth paying for that's better than <clears throat> what you know you can get from homebrew, and then and let's let's ask Rich, Rich and uh, Augie d- diving on that because that's my take on it, is that yes, we can have this conversation as commercial brewers, but really for consumers, I, I want a super fresh, really good, high quality beer with good ingredients made by somebody that that understands good beer. For for us, at single cut. Uh, we we have a, a mantra or a slogan or however you want to put it, and it's 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 more than just a mere slogan. Our our philosophy is that mastery knows no shortcut. 
And it isn't just some clever bit of wording that we put together. It's something that we really live to. And the meaning behind that is that, look, if we wanted to really capitalize and make a lot more money than we're making now and be in the black uh, and for me not to have <laughs> spent my life savings to open up a brewery and all that, I could have easily have taken my recipes and contract, brewed them out, and the beer would have been good. You know, it would have been fine. But, you know, my aspirations are a lot higher than that. Uh, so, but let, let's go back because you, you were an award. You won some awards as a home brewer, right? Yeah, and people knew that. Shane Welsh from Six Point did. Uh, Augie, you and Jesse. Well, Jesse, Jesse Ferguson. You guys were, were, were home brewers too. But there, and there's a lot more uh, people who are home brewers, award winning home brewers. Garrett Oliver was first part of New York City Home Brewers Guild. A lot of people have have started that way. Sure, but uh, you know the the point I wanted to make is that uh, you know you can look if you want to take you, if you want to take the shortest uh, the least path of resistance to profitability, uh, contract brewing's for you. If you want to uh, really stand behind something and and sweat the details and make a a brilliant product that people really believe in. Uh, you know, you're not going to buy into contract brewing. Look, there's going to be other points of view on this, and I'm going to speak for myself. Uh, and that's the way I feel about it, is that there's no substitute for my involvement, uh, Brian's involvement, the guys that work in the brewery at Single Cut. There's absolutely no way that we would ever do it any other way to get the results that we are getting right now. So that's that's the way I feel about it. And uh, and I think that – and the other part of it is that, look, when I, when I look at all the great uh, – beer markets in the United States, and there are quite a few, um, and I'm a big fan of all of them, and I've traveled to them all many times because those are my heroes, especially on the West Coast. You look at those markets, uh, contract brewing is a real foreign word out there. You know, it doesn't really exist. These guys, to me, are doing it the right way. They're about pride before profit. You know, they're about making something really special, and that's the real satisfaction for them. And, you know, look, in time, the profitability will come. But uh, for me, in this marketplace, New York City, it's been backwards. It's been the other way around. It's about maximizing profitability at the expense of brilliance. You know, when I look at the Brewers Association numbers, it's actually encouraging. I mean, the, the growth of the almost 3,000 licensed breweries in America, but most of them, especially the new ones, are either nano-breweries or, or brew pubs. Well, I, I think that's a very good point. You know, and I think for me, one of the things that really struck me, I guess it was two years ago at the Craft Brewers Conference, a slide came up uh, where they talked about the uh, – the frequency of contract brewing was actually heading down. It, there was a downward trend, and everyone celebrated that, right? It seems like locally there was a little bit of a reverse trend. So it was that, that disconnect that was a little troubling. Although I will say that, I mean, if we talk about New York City and, and New York region, I mean, we've had opening recently. I mean, first it was like Rich at Single Cut, and we had Car Carton, Augie's here in, in New Jersey. Hello. But now it's like... I mean, in the next three months, in New York City alone, we have Gun Hill opening in the Bronx. We've got Finback just opening in Queens. We've got Other Half opening in Brooklyn. And there's a couple others. And you guys, Greg, you've got a secret project. You might be doing something in, in Brooklyn as well, in Kiwanis. But, you know, it's like, you know, that's amazing and that's exciting. But, Augie, tell us about your, your position because, you know, you, you, you guys also uh, have a stake in this. Yeah, um, it's funny. I... I kind of treat carton brewing like my own contract brewing. We built it. But the metaphor for me, for me is always a chef, right? What kind of chef do you want to be? 
You can be a guy that's running a McDonald's kind of burger stand where everything's the same and it doesn't matter who does it. And then your contract bring one of the massive houses. You can be a guy who runs four or five kitchens at a very exceptional level. And the kind of chef we wanted to be was guys that did our own stuff in our own kitchen. So I partnered up with a home brewer, so he'd run brewing. But I Jesse, was, right? Yeah, Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. And, and now we have a brew staff of three. And I walk in, and I'm working on different projects with all three of them, you know, four of them, depending on what we're talking about. And it's that give and take in our kitchen where everybody gets involved that can't happen when you're dealing with a guy who's dealing with ten other guys every day of the week. So for us, that business model didn't make any sense. We wanted it to be our kitchen, our food that we were putting out and you know if we if we've got any credit in the world it's our creativity and that's all born of just the four of us sitting around in our room saying what would be cool to do so what what beer did you bring us tonight augie i brought o-dub which is our double ipa that's right you, you've been on like three right. times in the last we yeah. love having you on man. thank you man uh, it's 077 and you actually look like one of our, some of our, our recent guests <laughs> Mark Aldrich, who's a, one of the stars of Newsies on Broadway, is also a happier guy. And you kind of look like him now. So you're saying that we're influencing you? Everybody with a red beard starts to look the same sooner or later. But, um, but yeah, so... Come on, so let's taste the beer. Come on. Oh, this one. I got to do it myself. I can't reach you from no. over here. I, I do think the, the chef analogy is really interesting because... You know, it, it does highlight the importance of that, that actual doing of the process... Somehow, yeah. you, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, as the brewer, you're the guy who's cleaning every keg, cleaning every tank, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, you can have a staff, you can have people who, who are doing the processes, but I, I, I do think it's it's control of those processes that, yeah. that makes it so important. Oh, wait. Well, oh, wait. Uh, one of the guys that this, this, whole, this whole show is based on the fact that uh, when Rich at Single Cut posted his famous sign, <laughs> was this, what was it again, Rich? Contract brewing will be the the death of craft beer. So when Chris O'Leary, who's got the great the great webs blog, is Brew York New York, yep. uh, reposted that, and, and Justin, who's one of our producers, picked that up. Uh, well, Chris just tweeted in because he's 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 actually has a day job, like many of us. Even though he's a beer writer, he has a day job, and you're awesome, Chris. He tweeted in or emailed earlier. Because it's the same. Uh, he said, "Here's a question that we wants to ask you guys, and this is a good place for us to go. The battle against contract brewers reeks of petty infighting. Isn't there a bigger enemy that might be more deserving of a battle than contract brewers, i.e., Bud Miller and Coors?" Oh no, that that argument's over. I mean, I think everybody knows that those guys are, uh, you know. <laughs> I hate to even dignify that with a response, to tell you the truth. I think that, you know, anyone who in, in, in the quote-unquote macro craft brewing industry that acknowledges that the macro breweries are the enemy, I think you're just being redundant. I mean, it's obvious that we're all in it to do something completely contrary to what they're in business to do. So, But I'll tell you one thing that the uh, macro breweries don't do is that they don't contract brew. <laughs> you know, they if they're going to open, uh, if they're going to distribute their beer elsewhere, they're going to open up a brewery and they're going to do it the right way. So, uh, got to give them credit for you that. Know, I, I don't usually talk about the macros on air, but uh, someone sent me there was the the 
the Bud ad where they were saying they were the local brewer. That's right. And they were they that's were right. showcasing how in all parts of the country they had breweries. That's right. That's right. And I got I have to say I, I applauded them for that because I thought you know what you can say what you will about the macro breweries, but in that in that aspect of their operations they got it right. With full and, disclosure, and my, my uncle used to sell Bud <laughs> in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, and look you, look for you know clearly the 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 product is watered down and insipid and all those things, but uh, the consistency there. The craftsman, the the craftsmanship is there. It's a very well made product. You you cannot deny that. But it is product, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, go, go just next to, question, but but no to keep it on the to keep it on the restaurant metaphor because that was working for us. When you're opening a restaurant, be it a pub, a bistro, or a fine dining place in your town or neighborhood, which I think is the kind of levels we're talking about for ourselves. You're never comparing yourself to McDonald's. And if you are, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> so bringing McDonald's right. into this conversation right. is a waste of time. That's right. The problem comes I, – I rem- so when your letter went up, I was actually in an airport in Australia trying to get home to America and had three hours to kill. So I was very in tune to that going on. <laughs> and, and my whole thing on it, where I think it, it got taken completely wrong, but I, I think what the gist of what you're saying, what I think is real is – so. Ultimately, let's start with if the liquid tastes good as a consumer, that's all I care about. I don't care how you made it if it tastes great. But as somebody who's committed real capital to starting a business in our town, if you build breweries like we've done, you're committing capital and jobs to your community. And there's yeah. people that will support that even if they don't like your liquid. Not that they should. I think they're wrong. But there's people that aren't committed at that level competing for a local you know, what, you just brought up share. something, That's which great, is I think what I'm seeing, guys. Point. Even even seeing our friends like Schmaltz opening and bringing up state communities and states get behind that kind of investment because breweries are a different type of investment than a cafe or something but, else. But the consumer gets behind the idea. Right. If you write on your bottle, "I'm from 25 miles from Augie's Brewery," and your beer is made upstate New York or deep Pennsylvania. Then, so if you're open yeah. a brewery, are you a sex god? <laughs> you know, I like that's, to think so. That's the, that's, <laughs> no, I want to say uh, that before we I, take our break. We got another break coming up. Uh, we're going to take a short break and uh, help promote HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Breweries are sex gods. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. by Iggy Dean on heritageradionetwork.org.
Come on. <laughs> in the American ground. Oh, I'm you in, came I'm here. Come on. Hello. Hey, welcome back to Beer Assassins Radio on the Heritage Radio. <laughs> Out here in Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, we're drinking single cut. What, what pale ale was this? Uh, Bond TNT PA. And Augie brought some carton. 077XS. So if, you're coming out to New- if you're coming out to New York City, we've got some great new breweries and single cut and, and, and carton. And there's great places to drink beer, including Jimmy's Number 43 and Good Brazil Bars. And, sing- and single cut, if I'm going to Astoria, Queens, that's the one thing. It's a brewery tourism thing. Our friend Ben King wrote a great book about Northeastern Brewery Tour. I would go to a brewery almost over many bars now to, to taste beer at the taps. And, and, and we're talking about contract brewing and non-contract but I think that's part of it, too, is the sense of community. Because, like, I'm in Cape May, New Jersey. You know what? I'm in North Cape May. There's a decent brewery there where you can go in and drink beer and get a tour. Uh, or I'm in Astoria, Queens, or Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. Hello. There's a brewery now. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think the importance of your brewery is a, it's a sense of place? It's a place for people to, to drink beer and have a community, or what? Can I curse on this show? Come on, go for Can it. I, fuck yes. There's no FCC, man. <laughs> fuck yes, absolutely. That's that's one of the main things. We're radio, look, but we're you know, a listen. We got we got a great. This is a great crew we've got on this show. All, all these guys are awesome. But you know, let's give a shout out also to Peakskill. Peakskill's incredible. Um, one of our heroes locally. Other uh, half. Uh, so far, they've been doing a great job. Uh, I expect they're going to be awesome. So, you know, the, the playing field here locally is really changing for the better. Uh, so we're we're very, very excited yeah, so, and about that's a, all of so that. So local and, breweries but, means not only more good beer, it means a better community it, and a better place to drink good beer. Yes, 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 thank you. That's what I wanted to talk about. It, because in, in our short history, we've only been open for a little over a year. You know, we've helped influence the local community. We've helped um, expand local business. We've helped uh, increase local uh, real estate values. Uh, you know, we've helped people have a greater sense of pride for their neighborhood. You know, there are a lot of things that a brewery brings to a community, and these are all the things that we love being in business to, to supply. So, I know when you first opened – this is actually – let's go segue to this. When you first were looking for a brewery – I remember you looked in different parts. You looked in different counties. Yeah. So you That's probably right. picked an area that, that had affordable rents, right? Um, yeah, you know, relatively speaking, it's New York City. But then since you've <laughs> opened, you're saying what? You've The area is getting more – more expensive. Oh, right? uh, I don't know that it's getting more expensive, but it's sort of getting a lot. It's getting more notoriety, and we're seeing more, uh, more cool and hip uh, restaurants and pubs opening up in Astoria, and it's it's really changing for the for the better. I think it's it's uh, you know it's progressing. Uh, so these are the the influences that a brewery can have, and um, and that's about community. So when we made the decision to open up in our community, we opened up in the town I grew up in. My cousin and I are partners, and the two of us have lived within a mile of this brewery for 43 so, years. Atlantic Highlands, Atlantic New Highlands. Jersey. So we never thought about it anywhere else, but that argument was, if we make beer in our town with our water, even if we fail everywhere else in the world, as long as it's well-made beer, the people from our neighborhood should love it. Because I believe wherever you're from, be it Ohio or California, if you don't believe your town has the best bagel, the best pizza, the best cheeseburger and ideally the best beer, then you should move. Ice cream. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. But whatever they make in your town should taste good to you and better than everywhere else just by advantage of being made with your water. And even though you're wrong, unless you're from Atlanta, Collins, New Jersey, you should claim it. And that's that's the thing that I thought would extend to our beer. If you right. make beer yeah. in your town with your and water, you people should like it. And let's go back. One thing about the show tonight was we were discussing contract versus non-contract, and we've been 
it's been on the table for a couple of years, but uh, one of our producers, Justin Kennedy, did do a little segue. And I'm going to do I may the intro. Need, <clears throat> I may need the notes because I okay, don't Maggie, remember do what I said. Notes, exactly. Okay. <clears throat> but okay. I think I can uh, break it down. I kind of put it into five different categories. The first one being uh, kind of a brand brewery, which is what we're seeing a lot of in New York lately. Uh, should I name names, Jimmy? Or is well, if I think that your note said there was no physical presence and not a. Well, this is where see, each each one of these is a value, but I love that you did. Not a, uh, a personality who's there's not a personality. A there's not a, yeah. a, a an identifiable individual behind the brewery. So th- th- there are there are some breweries like that where it's just the label. And, right, and, and really, have any, a, anyone can do that. You can say, you know what? Let's get five. Like for for rich and and what does it cost? Let's talk about money. What does it cost to just create a label that's a pure contract? This is this is what I think we're all saying. These are the bad ones. If you just wanted to spend money to create the label and distribute, what does that cost, Rich? A mere pittance. So it's like the low what, level. This oh, is the low level. You want an actual figure? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. You've got to hire a graphic designer. You've got to ha- hire a, a website developer. Okay. Uh, so I'd say you're looking at about. Depending on how big a brand you want to launch, I don't know, ten thousand, twenty thousand. So but this is the low level. But this is something you could do if you really cared about beer. But that's all you had, right? So then, ju- Justin, the next level. The next one was kind of like a what do they call brewery it? Brewery and planning. Brewing and planning. So this is kind of how uh, Brooklyn Brewery started. They started brewing beer upstate. Uh, Bronx has kind of done this lately. Uh, kind so of Bro- with Brooklyn Brewery originally did it this way. Yeah, they started brewing. I I think it affects Matt up in Utica, and uh, Bronx is doing this out in Wisconsin and also in Connecticut with their Bronx Pale Ale. Uh, but they have an intention of uh, brewing or making uh, building an actual facility, and obviously Bro- Brooklyn Brewery has done that now with the gorgeous facility in Williamsburg, which I visited last Thursday, and I was. Really impressed. Yeah, with. and they they had they did, they did a long way also build a brewery too. So right. Brooklyn Brewery is one of our stellar breweries that that did it right. But if if you and Bronx is also has intentions of so you're saying and Bronx has a, kind of a person too, Sean McCain. Yeah. Whether he's he's not really an investor, but he, I think everyone knows him in the city. And he's, he's a personality. Exactly, he's a personality, <laughs> and but, he's and, uh, oh, there's, there's also Damien. They have a great brewer from UC Davis. Right, they're a great brewery. But but again, with Richie, jump in. So what's the cost of? It's similar to being just. Uh, brand only is that so Bronx Brewery contract brewing but but Bronx Brewery had to invest in having a brewer right and and some team sure and they're building a brand right right so yeah and I'm not look I I can't speak for them I I don't know what their level what their investment was whether it was actual financial or whether it was shares in the company there are many ways to skin that cat so I'm not sure to tell you the truth Um, you'd have to ask Sean that one no it's it's there's a lot we're trying we're covering a lot of bases and then Justin next. So the, it was Gypsy, but we and then know the third one's kind of like a in between between uh, contract gypsy. brewing and uh, you call like you call it a Gypsy a Gypsy brewing. Yeah, so like uh, Brian Stillwater, McKellar, or originally Pretty Things. Pretty Things were also yeah. yeah part of that. McKellar, Evil Twin, uh, Grim, who's based out of Brooklyn, um, and that kind of raises another question or another point is that you know these people are passionate about beer, but they either don't want to put the effort into getting raising funds or they don't have the money so uh, i would like to ask well, you, rich if well, we could comment you on that wait, before you defined it as well this is where it gets murky the whole thing about this is murky if you got a brewery or you don't and you said 
before Rich speaks, you said Jip. So brand only was there was no physical brewery and no brewery personality. But then when you get to Gypsy, it's no physical brewery, but there's a brewing personality. Yeah, I think it's kind of the opposite of the brand only. It's uh, well, some might argue against me on this one, but but we also the thing about Gypsy, it's like being cool. It's like you know if you like a, a certain shirt or something. Actually, everyone we consider Gypsy Brewery, we actually really like their beers. So Gypsy means that someone's been able to make beer at someone else's brewery and successfully, and people like it, right. which which is 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 a cool. So suddenly we're getting to the cool definition, right? But Augie, jump in because I'm going to call that one because we're being way Sam too way Adams, too hardcore here. But no, Sam Adams in Brooklyn are. And Brooklyn, as much as I'm not discrediting them, but they still contract brew most their yeah. big labels. Those are contract no, brewers we, that, that people that's love. A nice category. What I'm saying we're is, but those yet. are those are contract brewers people love. So that can't be the definition. No, no, but we're getting there. But the th- the thing about the the gypsy thing is, I think it's a level of honesty in the fact that you're just whipping up what strikes you in whatever kitchen's available that week. It's like being yeah. a pop-up restaurant yeah. rather than a right. fictitious I restaurant. You know, we right. know it was, it was pretty things for us. Still, These are names that I think they probably are hugely successful, and we love their beers. But, you know, but Evil Twin, he's been based mostly in the States, in, in Westbrook, in South Carolina, and now in Two Rows in Connecticut. But let's, let's get to the next one because we're going to cover every base. So number four was, Sorry, Rich. you call it diversified <laughs> brewing. Yeah, so this is uh, kind of what uh, Brooklyn is now, Six Point is now. Uh, so I'm it's sure there's more like a bunch many, of many of our working breweries are doing this. Yeah, they started yeah. off. Well, we'll use Six Point as an example. They started off with a, a very small brewery, and then they are now outsourcing uh, much of their production to kind of nameless, faceless breweries in uh, Pennsylvania or Connecticut to. To beer the to brew the majority of their beer, which is available yeah. in pretty much every bodega. Or the, CBS the one thing or I'll anywhere. say is that I, I do know that I don't think it's totally outsourcing. I do think that they take a no, they have someone there they, and they, they yeah they do they but, they definitely do they employ people in local. Let, let's stop at that. You you brought us to this far, so we kind of you kind of brought us from you know pure pure contract brand only. Then everyone thinks Gypsy's cool, and now diversified isn't cool. How is that not cool? But it's actually like they're making a lot of beer. I Pug. see. The thing is, I don't mind that at all. I get it. Like, if you're trying to find the amount of real estate you need to build the line in Brooklyn's almost impossible. I, I get that there's a step that people make and they react poorly to it. But I would bet a significant amount of beer coming out of the line at this point is Shane's beer. It's He's got beer. staff living there. You know what I mean? There are just six point people there. Yeah. So absolutely. that that's like. But going back to the metaphor of a chef, you can be the world's greatest chef. And have three restaurants in town. You know what I mean? Like you just got to make sure yeah. your sous chef is somebody you depend I'm, on. I'm going to give you guys a scoop on Go Six ahead. Point, and it's the I'm breaking the story, and this is this is the truth. When they went to, they've expanded and they're brewing at a brewery in Pennsylvania. As far as I know, that's pretty much their brewery. They're making a lot of beer there, and what they did was they brought in a. a, a they realized they needed a brewer from Germany, who had the skills to brew at that level. And um, I, I'm proud of them. I think they did a great job of transitioning. One so that's that, that's a separate thing, but that's called diversified brewing. But one thing that we're forgetting about is the the impact on the consumer and community. And look, you're talking. 
since we brought it up, it's the only reason I'm commenting on it. But uh, Six Point is a brand that built itself on being Brooklyn. Okay, most local people when they think of Six Point, they you know they raise their fist and they go Brooklyn and that kind of thing. Um, but you know what are you talking about? The majority of their beer is brewed in Pennsylvania. So. What does that mean? Does it mean anything? Most people say, okay, yes, if it if the beer tastes good in the glass, what difference does it make? But, you know, to, to fanatics like myself, uh, it, it does matter. It, it, there's a certain sense of pride in local community um, that I, I still believe in. And look, many, many people, the majority of people may disagree with me, and that's okay, but that's that's the way I see it. If, if I, if, so the carton... Model, we've we're already five years out. And we're only two years in. You're so, making all your beer. So yeah, we we can't well, make any more beer. That, we're out of room. We're so, we're done. What I'm saying is, if if when people ask what my dream is, my dream is to you know grow as far as we can here and then be done. And I I would like to ideally the other end would be to have seven twenty barrel brew houses in America than you know two fifties or whatever. I just think you want to be close. You want to be fresh. At the same time, though, would, you, would you ever, from though, Brooklyn to Pennsylvania, let's put it this way, far. would you ever say, because at some point, let's say you got a big order for boat no, beer no, we cans. Got, we've got that. We've said no yeah. to that. But the reason we've but said no to that is because we don't have that weight yet. I think Six Point does. And I think that's when that tips. If you walk into a house and they tell you what yeast to use, I don't think you should be making beer in their house. But there's this new guy in Connecticut you were just talking to. One of my favorite brewers, uh, Keegan's, is brewing a lot there. And this guy's Are you talking about Two Roads? I think so. I think You're so. talking about the Phil, guy, the guy Phil Markowski, who's one of the most acclaimed New York area brewers. But, but he's but. built not, not – he doesn't have a brewery with extra capacity you can come brew at. He's built a place for guys that need to yeah. make beer to go to. Now, I haven't gone down that road yet because he's a capacity from day one. But that – like if I could borrow a guy's kitchen – like we, we co-brew with Barrier – I'm happy to make a beer with them in Barrier. You know what I mean? I'm not against that. The problem is when you walk into somebody's house and they can tell you how to make your beer in Wait, any way. Richard, one second. So, so Justin, let's finish this. So diversif- it seems like Diversified Brewery, according to Justin Kennedy, is what many <laughs> so, people are doing. They have a, brew, a brewery and they're making other beer. I don't but know that most one, bre- No, Jimmy, I don't think most breweries are doing that. I think a but, lot but, of But we're talking about the future. We're talking about the next the national footprint. Then the next one is, that. you said traditional. Traditional brewery. Why would you which, call it traditional brewery? Well, I think that's, you know, it's traditional because it's like single cut, like Carton. They're brewing beer themselves on their own space uh, and selling it at the brewery and, you know, around town. That, to me, is a very traditional brewery. And I think that's more common than so, uh, the other diversified brewery. And what we're I saying is the, the odds... Even though we believe in the guys making their own brewery and their own and beer in their own breweries, but there's so many other. You just showed us there's so many other definitions and, and let's see. So Rich, Rich is dying to talk. Come yeah, on. it's all I, about you today. One so. thing I'd really like to talk about, and, and you know, we we sort of skimmed on it, is that yes, there's a financial uh, uh, aspect to opening a brewery if you're going to do it. You know. If you're going to go whole hog and open a brewery, of course, not everybody can afford it. I certainly couldn't afford it. I spent many years trying to find the money, so it was not easy for me. But I'd love to give a shout-out to the guys that I think are, to me, one of the best examples of a local brewery, and that's Barrier. Uh, these are a couple guys that had the skill set. They had the recipes. You know, They didn't have the money. Um, so they could have easily taken their chops and farmed out their recipes and contract brewed and made a lot of money in a short amount of time and probably had a lot more notoriety and distribution and all those things. But instead, they were like, no, <laughs> you know, we believe in crap brewing and we believe that 
it's a hands-on process, and we're going to do it. And the only thing we can afford to do, I think they opened up with, what, a three-barrel system or whatever it was. It was really minuscule. And that's what they did. And they broke their fucking balls they off. They made great beer, too. Working yeah. their asses off. You no, know, I, I, I bought two cases from them every week. I know you did. I know you're they, a fan. They were really great. Well, they no, they're awesome. Beers. But they, they make great beer, but they, they distribute their own beer. They do it right. And, you know, every, everybody that says, well, you know, it's easy for you to talk about opening a brewery. You found all this money, whatever. You know what? These guys didn't, and they do, they're doing it the right way, and they're not taking any shortcuts. So there's there's so many ways to skin this if you're willing to be patient, and and you know the rewards will be the same in the end. But uh, you know, so that, well, that's so that's an aspect that. Let you me know. say, Rich. You know, I was just um, we don't have that much time left, but Rich, I'm gonna make a toast to you because that was a leadership statement, and one thing that we do look for in brewers and brewers in, in Colorado, a brewer is now the governor. Uh, we do hope for leadership from our brewers. So thank you for saying that because I also identify with Barrier Brewing, and I want to make, raise, raise my glass to them because it was just a few years ago that they, when they had their small system, they went to New York Tap, and they won the best brewery in New York State. Yeah, they're awesome. Those guys and are awesome. And they really made Absolutely. a statement. And since then now, we're, we've, you guys have all been opening. To augment your point, it, so New Jersey has had something like eight. But okay, this is the serious beer show. I know. For real. But to augment your point, there's like eight. And on February 18th, we have New York State officials I'm talking about. Not going to stop talking. New York State beer. <laughs> Watch out. Just keep talking. Anyway, so but next to- week is Larry, Larry Bell. Larry Bell is coming from but, Michigan. So we've had like eight breweries open up in New Jersey that qualify nationally as a brewery on that list, and they're all about a barrel big. And I think there's something cynical about that. I'm going to brew with somebody else till I have enough money to open my brewery. Because what you're saying is rather than commit the 50 grand I have to one barrel and getting 60 people to like my beer so I can show it to 100, what you're saying is I'm going to build a brand and it doesn't matter yep. that I cook. Right. And I think, I think that's what you're talking about, right? Because like, this yes, day and so age, you can start you. one, go three, go seven, go 15. And Kate May did it. You were talking about Kate May earlier. They were a seven. Now they're a 15. When, like, when Kate May started, people were like, oh. Who's making beer in Cape May? You can't be taken seriously. But, the, but when I, w- I went the second year, I went I went to their their brewery. I was at the tasting room. I tasted the beer. Now they're growing. I'm like, you know what? That's how a good brewery starts. They have to they have to awesome, invest. The yeah. They have to make beer and they grow. Right. But yeah. there's something but it, so it, cynical. It's, it's about a totally different model. But yeah. there's something so cynical about my branding is what matters over my beer is what matters and. In this day and age, that barrier to entry is truly gone. This whole "I've got to have somebody else make my beer till I can." Oh, make you it. want this thing? Since, since Justin Kennedy did so much research on this show, sorry, Justin. Justin is there one last question is, you want to ask? Well, there's a last que- There's a million questions I want to ask, but there's a last type of brewery too, and that is the all contract brewery, which we've seen uh, actually a couple of lately. One is well, it's not all contract, but two roads, which. I would say I think contract specialists. Contract specialists. They wanted to do two percent of their own uh, beer and then ninety-eight percent. So uh, they've other re- they realized there's a market yep. for a lot of people. It's like you know, I, I I'm in fashion. I wanna I wanna design a, a, a shirt or something. I can go to a place in, in the West Side but, and someone can make me a sample and I can get a hundred shirts and I'm suddenly have a label. But I, but it, it, that, but there's a need for that. And funny thing is, I'm only saying this because. We're talking about business, and what Justin's saying is that actually it's like Levi Strauss making jeans for gold miners. The person making the beer is still the ultimate business. So maybe the the guy who has a brewery, it, it backs you all up, is that, you know what? You should invest in a brewery. You should make beer. 
churros in Connecticut, maybe for all the guys that out there that want to try out a label or they're never, they're, they may never make beer on their own. That's maybe that's a future brewing too. So but, I don't know. I'm but not what knocking I like that. About them philosophically. But the difference is, I want to say is that what you're saying. This, if you have the point is that if you have a brewery, then that is the entry point, and, that, and that's a, that's a for another conversation next time. I think, yeah. Justin. Yeah. So well, there's another one up in Cambridge, Mass. That's opening soon. That's all contract brewing. Um, but yet they're still brewing. They're making a brewery. Yeah, they are making yes. a, a brewery, but. Uh, I, and I think a lot of them are, you know, supporting breweries that are already existing. They're not catering to, uh, let's we'll, we'll say, Queens Brewery or uh, Diker Heights, whatever that is. I don't know exactly what that <laughs> is. Uh, I've tasted their stuff recently, and I don't know that there's actually a person behind it. But uh, they're catering to, you know, people like Terrapin from Georgia who want New York City distribution. And you could almost argue that if they're brewing the beer in Connecticut, it's more local than it would be for <laughs> shipping it up from Georgia. So that's yeah, a totally that's different fair. argument. Well, so, yeah, we're out of time, I think. We, so. we are going to run out of time. Let's do, this. Let's, let's do a quick wrap-up. Again, we've talked about... Rich, your, your quote is still the best. Thing. There's two. I'm going to go back to what we said. Rich Buchetta said, contract brewing will be the death of craft brewery. Uh, last year, Schmaltz opened its own brewery, said they're making a beer called the death of, craft, of contract brewing because they're making beer, and... Uh, Greg uh, from Greenport says, "What did you say? I take I great take great pride. pride in brewing craft beer. And that's a great thing. <laughs> right so on. this is it. Let's make a toast. Let's, let's raise our glasses. New York City Beer Week is coming up. Yeah. There's an opening night celebration at Grand Central, which promises to be a, a very special event. And of course, we are producing the fourth time the New York City Brewers' Choice. Uh, Carton Brewing will be there. Greenport Harbor will be there, and." Uh, Single cut. But, we Rich, what do we have to say about this? What is Brewer's Choice? It's a place where our top brewers that we've curated come in New York City, right. pouring their best beer. And this year, yeah. many of them are making beers with New York State Grain, which is a whole movement, the regional grain movement. Yeah, if you wanna, and we have great food. Yeah, you want to see what we're really about here in New York City and that, you know what, uh, it, the, the playing field has really changed and we're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the United States in terms of the local brewing community. That's a place to come. Check it out, nycbrewerschoice.com. February 26th, and of course, the Wyeth Hotel, the coolest place in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. All right, so we're going to do a quick sign-off, but thanks again, Justin Kennedy. Augie Carton. Augie Carton. Everybody say their name. <laughs> Rich Busetta. Greg Dorowski. All right, and thanks for joining us here every Tuesday on Heritage Radio Network. Again, thanks to greatbrewers.com. They've been supporting Woo. us. It's almost our fourth year anniversary and 200 episodes. Oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah. cheers to Beer Sessions Radio. Woo. All right. Woo. If you like this, hey, this, I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Maggie Sienna, and Justin Kennedy, our engineer tonight, Evan. And thanks for listening. Thank we'll see you, you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Woo. All right. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.